Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. What the dickens going on around here? A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories. And I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. Who was driving it? I don't know. Curtis! It's coming after us! It was my first picture as a director. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. <laughs> I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let okay. me in the dark. Help me. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. That's a promise. You're going to get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming and he is. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Hey, this is Dennis Anderson, driver and creator of Gravedigger Monster Truck. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Welcome, you are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us, and NostalgicRadioandCars.com, where you can listen to all our past shows that are very carefully archived there, all 500 and... 45 of them, I think. <laughs> Good evening, Bobby. How you doing? Yes, that's correct. Hey, that's glad correct. to be back. Tommy, sitting behind the COVID 2021 uh, window over there. How you doing, bud? I'm just great. How you guys doing? Pretty good. There's no saliva mm-hmm. going to be penetrating through that glass, oh. is there? Oh, no. <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> a double pain. Double pain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we are back, and it's... Uh, Wait a minute, is this the first show? That, no, this is first the first show of February. First show of February. Wow, man. And February already. Move Scooby over because I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm taking the seat back. No, <laughs> ah, Scoob, Scoob, Scoob. Keeping it warm just, for me, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, wow, the uh, first month we had some pretty interesting shows on. We had mm-hmm. some guys on from Ford. And uh, it was really, what was interesting it's, about these shows, Bobby, is it was really. In my little world, mm-hmm. you know, because me being a parts junkie and all these 
Ford stuff. Well, it's but it's, cool. it's starting a six months at least long trend of. Well, yes, we have a connection with Ford Motor. Well, some of the people, the PR people at Ford Motor Company, and naturally I'm a Ford guy anyway. But we will, to appease our Mopar friends and our GM friends, we will have some people on later in the year from uh, Chrysler Corporate, or from Mopar, some vintage Mopar guys, and uh, former, hopefully, engineers and uh, stylists from. Uh, from from Chrysler and um, also from General Motors, and um, but anyway, what was really interesting about that is, and of course, like I said, I was 35 years in the salvage yard business. I'm kind of still in it, still screw around with parts and project cars and stuff like that. So for me, it's just kind of a second nature. But what was interesting is, is that all these years I've collected all these rare parts, all these Cobra parts, all these hyper parts, all these you know cool stuff. And the market is still strong, and and I just got some of the you know um, uh, statistics back from Kissimmee, Mecham's, um, Scottsdale, and uh, the collector car market is surprisingly strong, and that's a good thing. And I, it's really weird because with everything else that's going on, construction is booming right now. The automotive collector car side is actually doing pretty good. Uh, antiques in general are actually to, doing surprisingly well. Um, there's a website that we go check out all the time. It's called Bring a Trailer. That's pretty cool. Um, you look and bring a trailer and the stuff's bringing just um, strong, strong, strong money on, on really good collector cars, I might add. And then we had the Zero to 60 guys on. They've got their great little blog going on. So check out Zero mm-hmm. 260. It's Z-E-R-O 260. Big shout out to Cindy Melty and uh, and the guys over there at Zero to 60. And uh, they've got a lot of classifieds on there. And, and what's interesting is there's a lot of classifieds. I mean, there's a lot of websites, more so now than ever. And because of this COVID stuff, I mean, there's a lot of online auctions, a lot of online sales stuff taking place. And that's kind of interesting. Now, for us old schoolers, um, what, what uh, oh, is this the first? Yeah, okay, so this Sunday would be Sumter County Fairgrounds. The first Sunday of the month will be a swap meet. So, hey, everybody run over there, all you parts junkies like myself. And then the third, third Sunday of the month is uh, Leadfoot City's uh, deal. Obviously, if you want to find out where all the car shows and stuff are, you go to floridaflacarshows.com. Mm-hmm. This weekend, what's going on in Leesburg, uh, the Vintage Truck Club of Florida, uh, February 4th, 5th, and 6th, has got the uh, truck show in uh, their annual truck show in Leesburg. Yeah. Now, I missed it last year and the year before, but I'm friends with the guys at the club. And if you went to my Facebook page a couple weeks ago, we had a meeting over in Orlando, and uh, there's a picture of of a 1937 Ford Mac, actually Ford, Mac truck. Um, And it was kind of like an unrestored truck. It was actually an interesting story. It was found and used up in New York, and then it found its way... And it was in a junkyard for a while, and it wound up in another salvage yard out west, and then it ran, wound up with a private collector, and then recently it's back in Florida, or in Florida now, with a collector. And really what was interesting is very little had to be done with that truck. Um, it looked pretty bad. And here's the thing about survivors. you know, Sometimes they look really, really, really bad, and they're scary, and they're frightening. But what's interesting is, is because they've never been, nothing's really been messed with if it's kind of original survivor and not disassembled you'd be amazed that an engine has been sitting for sometimes 10 15 20 30 years if you lubricate it you spin it over very carefully spend a little time with it clean up the plugs put a set of uh, points in it, a few things like that if it's uh, conventional ignition and it may surprise you because it may run well that's exactly what happened to this truck all i had to do is put a starter on it freshen the engine up a little bit from as far as the tune-up side and uh, this truck ran and drove, did the brakes, put wheels and tires on it, and um, off she went. And they just cleaned it up, tidied it up. And that that kind of appeals to me. I mean, I've you know come from the wrecking yard world, so some of the cars that I've had over the years were not pretty, were not nice. They were original survivor cars. So to me, they were cool. And I've always been into that, you know, because I, I have a thing for antiques anyway. It was something my mom was into, so it kind of passed on to me. So I appreciate things that are kind of, original unrestored and they're not exactly pretty like i said but they're cool and original and like the old saying goes they're only original one time now there are some vehicles and we've had some people on here some appraisers that debate the issue about you know what to restore and what not to restore case in point was the ferrari that was sitting in the barn for i don't know 100 million years 
since the 70s, apparently. And it was a 62 Calif- or 60, 61, 62 California Spider. I personally would have left the car alone. Regardless, somebody paid $18 million for it and then took it apart and redid it again. And I will tell you that, just to give you an example, I did a 300SL Mercedes and the appraisal on that. And I know for a fact that to restore one of those takes four, maybe 5,000 hours. It's very, very time-consuming, very, very tedious to do those kind of cars because they have to be detailed. And if you just do the basic math, let's just say $100 an hour, you're, four, you're half a million dollars to restore a car like that. So when you hear these stories about half a million dollars to a million dollars to restore some of these really rare vintage cars, and then you have to have the guy that's got the right talent and the credentials and the capability and to restore these cars, it can add up pretty quick. So if you invest a million dollars in a $20 million car, chances are it's going to be worth you know, 30 or 35. You'll get your money out of it. But which brings up my other thing that I go through since I do appraisals all the time. Um, today I went and looked at a 2005 Ford GT that was involved in an accident. Now, luckily, nobody was killed. Nobody was seriously hurt. But this car was hit by a truck. And surprisingly enough, everybody kind of kind of got out of the way, but still it was an impact. Well, it tore off the front left side of the car a little bit. The suspension bent the wheel. And uh, it was amazing. It didn't even crack the windshield, and no airbag no. went off. No, it, did, no. it bypassed the sensors. Now, I would be a little concerned about that <laughs> myself. You know, that's the whole idea with the airbags. And there is a sensor on the corner of the car, but apparently this one did not have a sensor on the corner. It was in just a little bit. So somehow it missed the, the, the sensor, and the airbag didn't go off on this 4GT. Well, the estimate to repair the car, and it, it didn't even damage the hood. It took the fender and the suspension and got the door. And that was all. And maybe, I don't know, it might have been something in the undercarriage. It's hard to say, but that obviously with a, with a control arm and everything like that uh, are mounted to that part of the suspension. And the estimate was close to 80,000. The preliminary estimate was 80,000. <laughs> and how this works when you when you crash your car, they do a preliminary estimate, and then there's a secondary estimate where you go in for supplements. Once you disassemble everything and you totally ascertain what needs to be fixed and straightened and so on and so on, then you come up with the, fun, the what they call a supplement estimate, and that can be another, you know, five or ten thousand dollars on a on a on a Ford GT. So this car has seventeen hundred and thirty miles on it. Still, the guy had just bought the car, didn't even have it for a month, still had the temp tag on the back. Now that's that's got to be a herder. Unfortunately, this guy had resources, and he promptly went out and replaced the car <laughs> with one that had three hundred miles on. So, if you're looking for a two thousand three, four, five, four GT, which is an amazing car, I drove one once, not very far, but just for a little bit, and uh, pretty cool piece. Uh, the only thing I didn't particularly care for it. Um, and I've had Panteras, and I'm familiar with you know mid-engine cars. Is some of the earlier cars, you know, the engine sits a little bit lower, and uh, you can see out the back window, like a Maserati, Bora, or Ghibli, or, or uh, uh, Merrick, or something like that. That's got a. And I know Alan's listening. Alan's going to chime in here in about two seconds. But anyway, but on the new four GTs with the supercharger sitting on the top and all the bracing back there, the reinforcement to strengthen the car. When you look out the rear, you can't look out the rearview mirror. You have to use your side mirrors. You know, so that was the only thing I didn't particularly care for the car. And the other thing is, is when you get into the, in and out of the car, it's got a head chopper in it. You know, because the roof, the door, part of the roof, the door is part of the roof. It makes in and the original GTs were like that as well. Pretty cool piece, though. Um, so there you go. Uh, we'll see how that car turns out. And uh, I might post a picture of it, you know, just so you can see what a crash Ford GT looks like. But, you know, those cars are worth some money. Now... Did that affect? Did that car experience a diminished value? Mm, yeah, I'd say so. You know, um, it's got a clean title, and uh, but it was not totaled, and it wasn't hurt that bad. But it was hurt. You know, I did an Audi R10 competition model one time. That was a hundred ninety thousand dollar car, and it just got a little bump in the rear, which took out the diffuser, tail light, and rear body panel, really all bolt-on stuff. And uh, the repair bill on that was ten thousand dollars, and diminished value was about close to twenty, you know, because of what it is. So, 
It's interesting how that works on these high dollar cars, you know. I mean, you're talking a Ford GT, which is a two hundred thousand dollar. Well, no, actually three hundred thousand is what they're selling for now. They were one fifty when they were new. They've doubled in value, obviously with you know less than two thousand miles, and a lot. Not a lot of guys drove these cars every day, you know. And when they bought them, you know, because the 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 word is out now. You some of these cars, whether it's a Hellcat, whether it's a thousand horsepower Shelby or something like that, you know, you buy these cars and you put them away, and then a couple of years later they're worth a ton more money. Anyway, on that note, I think we're going to fire up the stereo here real quick, and we're going to get ready for our guest that's going to be coming on here in a little bit, but we'll be right back. Hey, you, let's see, what do we got here? On uh, Oh, a little eastbound and down. So we're in the trucking thing. Obviously, we played a little clip from Maximum Overdrive, Stephen King's movie back in the day. So we're on a truck theme tonight because of the truck show this weekend in Leesburg, Florida. You're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Come enjoy the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at DunedinBrewery.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Uh, big shout out to uh, my friend Ken, and uh, I just got a little thing from him that says, "Come check out the old Burger King on 110th Avenue Saturday night. It's called MB Grill. They got a car show there. Their first show last week, they had 50 cars. Now, this is where we used to go all the time back in the day. Burger King was off US 19 110th. That's what was before the before the overpass, right? Yes. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, they just kind of relocated. But the car guys got back together here. That was uh, local Pinellas Park and Clearwater <laughs> and St. Pete guys. And so, yeah, Burger King, or the old Burger King looks at it. On the corner of 110th and 19, used to be an old Burger King there. I don't know what else is in that parking lot. Is it Sears Outlet? And I know there's a good little restaurant in there. And uh, so check them out. That's Saturday afternoon all the way until dark, 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 dark. And we know of a good little restaurant, too, don't we? Yeah, we know of a couple good restaurants. Big shout-out to our friends over at the Rib Shack, Rib Shack down there at 426 West Bay Drive. Give them a shout there for some spectacular barbecue. 727-501-9090. And then, you know, if you happen to go down to... QS19, and you're on your way to Burger King, to the car show. If you get there oh, before yeah. noon, go see my buddies over there at Tri-City Bolt and Screw. Yeah, give them a shout. Timmy and those guys, 727-546-4411. Get yourself some stainless steel nuts and bolts for your car. 
That'll keep it together, especially when you're hanging your headers and your aluminum intake, because all that stainless on there looks kind of pretty, you know? Anyway, all right, so uh, let's see. The car show. No, wait a minute. I'm not lost for words. Don't be. I don't. Oh. I, <laughs> Uh, what was I talking about before we took a... You're going to start making Scooby talk over no, there, Scooby, No, Scooby's going to talk, yeah. So the car show thing... Oh, yeah, we were talking about the Ford GT. And um, what was it? I, I was looking through some of my junk. Um, I'm slowly sifting through some of my stuff here. I will be putting it on... Nah, Facebook. Nah, the, the, the thing you're watching us on right yeah, now. Yeah, that, yeah, The marketplace. Thing, right, right. The FB marketplace a, yeah. and maybe <laughs> on our website, too. But I have got... Some vintage wheels. I just was uncovered today. Some old torque thrust style wheels. Now, I was saving these. A lot of the stuff I save, and then I go, well, you know, I don't have those kind of cars anymore like I used to, I and, and I don't need to be saving all this stuff. So while there's still a market, um, you know, here's the deal. If you've got some really, really rare parts, go ahead and pedal them because... Right now, while the market's still pretty decent and people are still into it, it's a good time to get rid of it. And some of the old stuff really is. It does, you know, those guys just want original, old school Survivor stuff. Yeah, you can go out and buy uh, new stuff, but hey, keep it American, keep it local, and keep the pie kind of spinning around there, you know, as in pizza pie but we don't have a pizza pie sponsor anymore so we'll have to yeah. we got to get hey anybody out there that's got a pizza shop that Preferably wants to yeah. north of well somewhere yeah. in the Clearwater area if you want uh, some radio advertising give us a call here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars call us at the studio 727-441-3000 we, we need a pizza spend sponsor pizza spencer pizza spender sponsor well wait a minute we got to go oh, see our good our buddies over at Anthony's because Anthony's is pretty good but over there you didn't you got to give out advertising line for oh, 5578 so you'll get a direct uh, call from yeah, pizza. yeah 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 <laughs> but anyway you know, another thing I've noticed is that there are no I've been checking the TV guide here week after week and there's no really really no car shows on during this this hour and I'm thinking well maybe they all just Got out of the way, so that you can so listen we to have nostalgic video cars. cars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, sorry. So we covered swap meets. We covered uh, Kenny's show down there at uh, MB Grill. I don't know what MB stands for, but I need to drive by there. Big shout out to my friends down Mercedes there. Mercedes Benz Grill. I don't know. Mercedes Benz Grill. <laughs> oh, a Mercedes Benz Grill. Yeah, I got one of those for sale too. Yes, I do, with an emblem on it. You know, but uh, it's funny. I was up in this junkyard in North Florida here not too long ago. And uh, a surprise. Sometimes if I see odd stuff, you know, I throw it on my Facebook page. So don't forget to check out our Facebook page, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Or what is it called, Bobby? Gulfstream Motorsports? Your Facebook page? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that bone near Bob. Uh, well, I don't know how to find them on Facebook. Just, just well, anyway, look, just look good, for yeah, tires and things. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so, you know, and I still go junkyard and I still go to shops and I still drive around alleys and you just never know what you might find because the stuff is still out there. It really, truly is. I mean, I hear stories all the time. And uh, in fact, we were up in near Homosassa and out in the middle of nowhere in Homosassa off some little side road. I heard a little rumor, and I went back there, and sure enough, it got the, there's an old junkyard that's been there for a while, and it's still active, but it's not really active, and it's loaded with British stuff. It's got MGBs, and there might be a piece of a Triumph in there, mm-hmm. um, some Mazda RX-7s, so I don't know what's going on there. we got to follow up on that. Um, there's another junkyard on the other side of... Uh, well, Orlando and Orla- on the other, going out towards Bethel, though, still some out there hidden oh, away. Oh, yeah, quite a few. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's, you just take your snake kit with you just in case, you know, because the stuff's <laughs> out there. But anyway, on that note, I think it's time for uh, Tommy to go fire up the stereo again. One more song for the evening. And uh, then he's going to call our guest, and we will be right back. Oh, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio. Breaker, breaker one. I used to have a CB radio in my car. My handle was Shaker One because I had a Shaker hood scoop on my car. Ford thing, unless you're, you know. Hey, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive. Looks like we've got us a convoy. 
It was the dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pigpen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. By the time we got into Tulsa town, we had 85 trucks in all. But there's a roadblock up on the clover leaf, and them bears is wall to wall. Yeah, them smokies as thick as bugs on a bumper. They even had a bear in the air. I says, calling all trucks, says, here's the duck. We about to go a hunting bear. Interstate 44 like a rocket sled on rails. We tore up all of our swindle sheets and left them setting on the scales. By the time we hit that shy town, them bears was getting smart. They'd brought up some reinforcements from the Illinois National Guard. There's armored cars, tanks, jeeps, and rigs of every size. Yeah, them chicken coops was full of bears, and choppers filled the skies. Well, we shot the line, we went for broke, with a thousand screaming trucks, and eleven long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. Carol Joe is back. Jerry waited two long years. Now it's time to make a life for themselves. He's an honest trucker who won't make deals. I mean, I don't haul that stuff, I don't drive, huh? That's right, just keep your mouth shut and do as you're told. But it gets tougher for both of them. I'm pregnant, Carol Joe. And I've been thinking I wish I weren't. They force him to fight back, their way. My name's Carol Joe Hummer, I come to get work. But he won't quit. Get up! No matter what. You're about to walk off a cliff, boy! He's only gonna get you dead, man! They got the muscle. They own the law. You're under arrest for the murder of Dwayne Howard. They terrify his wife. Take the deal and let's get the hell away from here. He's a working man who's had enough. Hey, bitty dog, you know who this is. You call him and tell him I'm coming here. Ride with Carol Joe on a trip you'll never forget. Okay, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I believe we have our uh, special guest for the evening on here. He is uh, former president of the Vintage Truck Club of Florida. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, and we're going to talk about this upcoming show in Leesburg. Jerry Grizzell. Jerry, how you doing, buddy? Good. Nice to have you on, on the show. <laughs> so how you been? Good, good. How about you guys? Pretty good. So uh, tell us about this uh, show coming up this weekend here in Leesburg, Florida. Yes, it's the 4th, 5th, and 6th. Well, go into detail, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Q&A. Um, we just, we're just, this is yeah. basically a 
25, 30-minute BS session with a bunch of car guys, truck guys, talking about what's going on. So let's uh, let's make it fun. All right. Well, I say the, the show itself is going to be from 8 to 5 from, uh, on the 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, Friday and Saturday, we have the tractor pulls from uh, 12 to 5. And then on Saturday, we have what they call a... Uh, Fire truck muster, which is you know pumping out water out of the pond, of the different type different type of fire trucks. At the same time, all the museums and all the grounds is open to the public for the one admission charge. If you're a spectator, it's twenty dollars for the day. If you're coming in with a truck, it's the it's twenty dollars registration to register your truck. Okay, so if somebody's never been there before, what uh, what what could they expect to see as far as the type of trucks that will be there? Give us a little detail on that. Uh, you're going to have anything anywhere from in the late 1800s all the way up into the current year of cars trucks. Uh, there's probably over 400 different brands of trucks out here people probably never even heard about. Uh, in our particular show there, you're going to have the standards, KW, Peterbilt, Western Star, or you're going to have some uh, federal trucks. Uh, you're going to have Max. Max are real prevalent. You're going to have a good variety of trucks, pickup trucks and heavy-duty trucks. Oh, okay. Oh, pickup trucks, too. Okay. So as yeah. far as some of these trucks, give us your background a little bit. What's your your, your trucking background? Well, uh, I, I had never been an overroad driver. I've been, basically been – I started out with uh, hot rods. And eventually migrated into working on pickup trucks and uh, heavier trucks, eighteen wheelers. So my background has just been kind of from the hot rod end of it, pickup trucks, and then I got involved in with the uh, the bigger rigs. All right, now when you say hot rods, take us back in time a little bit. So when did you first start messing around with hot rods? Oh, I started doing that when back in high school. Okay, and whereabouts were you from? I, I've lived, lived down here in Florida since I've been in the third grade. Oh, really? Okay. So uh, when you were in high school then and you were messing around with hot rods, what kind of cars were you messing around with? What kind of, what, what brands? I had a, a 50 Oldsmobile uh, 88 Coupe uh-huh. and a 1944 sedan with a, they call it a J2 Olds engine in it. I've had, I've had a variety of cars over the years. Now, when you say J2, I'm thinking uh, a dual quad, like 57, 58 motor. Is that what that was? Yeah, it was a, uh, uh, I don't know, a J2 Oldsmobile engine, a 57 Oldsmobile. Okay. That was kind of like their hot rod motor back in the day. With the, Didn't that used have... Exactly. It had two four barrels on it. On. Or three twos. Okay, there you go. Yep. Progressive linkage on three two barrels. So what? how did you get that motor? You just basically found one, stumbled on one in a junkyard one day, and then uh, ripped it out no, of it? No, I basically, I, I traded uh, another car for the car. It had the Oldsmobile engine already in it. I just took it from there. I had a LaSalle three-speed transmission in it. Uh, back then, you didn't run on fan blades. You just you ran your radiator until you got too hot and had to pull over the side of the road. <laughs> Seriously? Really? Yep. Yeah, if you get in traffic, you couldn't sit very long because you had no way to cool the engine down. Wow. Now, when you're talking about Florida, so what are you talking about? Because uh, you're talking up around the Leesburg area and Lake County and stuff? Is that where you're from? No, I, I, grew, I grew up in the St. Pete, out in Treasure uh, Island, out on the beaches out there. That's where I grew up out there. Oh, so you're from Pinellas County then? Uh, correct, yes. Oh, okay. So give me a, a rough idea when time frame-wise, when, when, when you were hot riding and probably street racing, too, I would presume. Well, I, grad, I graduated from high school in the 60s, so back it up four years in 1954, and I, that forward, junior high school and high school. I went to uh, Northeast High School my freshman, sophomore, junior year, and I moved over to Bogey, Bogey State in my senior year. Oh, Okay. Uh, did you, does, um, so, so you would have been street racing in the early 60s then, right? Oh, yeah, back, back then is when we had the uh, drag strip out there on 28th Street out there. Sunshine Speedway. Sunshine Speedway? Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. So, well, let me guess, does the name, uh, what was Gary's name down there? Gary King. Gary King, mm-hmm. ring, did you ever race against him, street racing against yeah, I, I, I've heard the name. I'm not that familiar with him. There was a lot of older guys back then. Uh, Rick Wilson. 
there was a lot of people out there that used to race out there on that uh, Sunshine Speedway. Uh, did you ever race against John Woodhouse? He had a 55 oh, Chevy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he also had what they call the Pink Elephant, a, a Ford. Yes, he did. Well, I'll be darned. Yeah, John's an old buddy of mine. He still has. Yeah, a... I've known John. No kidding. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he still has. He's actually got a real nice old original '55 Pontiac two-door post car, and then he's got his. Uh, he's in the '56 Chevys. That was his big thing back then. And uh, but yeah, I had a '56 Chevy earlier too. Did you? What'd you run for in yours? Yeah, it had a, back then it was just a 283. Okay. Um, what did you uh, in your uh, in your days when you were drag racing out at Sunshine? What class did you race in? Uh, it was mostly in, a, in, a, in between A and, and, and C gas. I was running mostly in a modified. Okay. So then from there, you went into trucks, pickup trucks, and then big heavy trucks? Yeah, I started off with a uh, 1949 Ford pickup truck. It had the old granny gear in it, yeah. a flathead motor in it. Yeah. And one thing led to another. You pick up one, sell one, pick up another one, sell one. Okay. And then how'd you get into the big trucks? I have a lot of friends that uh, drive over the road. I kind of got interested. I used to make some runs with some fellas from uh, out to the West Coast and back. That's how I really got involved with bigger trucks. Okay. Now, hot rodding and big trucks, big difference in expense and maintenance and the hobby itself? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the hot rods today are not like the old days. You you can work on the old cars pretty much yourself. Today, everything's Electronic are controlled by computers and everything. And the same thing with trucks. Once you get past a certain year in trucks, uh, it's a, no more a mechanical thing. It's more of a, uh, everything has a uh, electronic, electronic computer module on them. Okay. So as far as big trucks, do you have a, do you own any big trucks yourself? Yeah, I have a uh, 1981 KW. I have a 1987 Peterbilt. And then I have some, uh, I have an old military 6x6 deuce and a half. And then I've got uh, some cab over trucks. I got a 1941 Federal cab over, got a 1946 Chevy cab over. Uh, I've got all kinds of stuff. I got a 1929 Ford Model A pickup, 1936 Chevy pickup truck. Uh, it just goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fair to say that it's a, a, a pretty serious hobby. Yeah, it can be addictive after a while. Okay, okay. Um, hey, is IG on the line? IG, hey, you Robert, there? How are you? Hey, buddy. We got your other buddy, uh, Jerry Grizzell, on the phone, so we're just talking yeah, a little bit about Jerry, this. and I'm sure Bobby's there, too. Hello, yeah. hey, IG. Buddy. Yeah. So, um, IG, I know you You had... What year was that truck that you had? You had an old Peterbilt or something, didn't you? Uh, well, my first one was older than me. I bought a 66 white it had a 250 Cummins and a 10 speed, and I had a flatbed trailer. So that was always a big joke because it was older than me, a year older than me. <laughs> and then after that, you got something a little bit newer, right? That you used to run all yeah. the time? Yeah, then I had a, a Pete uh, 377 that had a uh, 60 series Detroit in it with a 9 speed, and it had the big double bunk sleeper, flat top, and it had the air ride. And then I got the one that I always wanted since I was a kid, and that was the uh, W900L Kenworth Aerodyne hmm. with the big double bunk in there and the big Vista windows and have to jump up to touch the ceiling. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it had a couch in there that opened up into a big bed and closet and refrigerator and all the chrome and lights go down the road like a Christmas tree at night. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, so tell us now, the Vintage Truck Club of Florida, is that a subsidiary of a national club? Yes, it's the National American Truck uh, Antiques uh, up there in uh, Boyerstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. So now if somebody wanted to antique, get it... Go ahead. go ahead. It's Antique Truck Club of America. That's what the ATCA stands for. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted, like, uh, there's in a lot of car clubs, you know, you don't necessarily have to own a car to be a member of a club. Is this the same way with the truck club, too? Exactly, exactly right. Okay. So, how often do they have uh, national meetings, national conventions? They have, uh, they have their big meeting once a year. It's on uh, Father's Day weekend in June. 
Father's Day weekend in June? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many trucks show up at that event? Well, the last show they had was in 2019. Uh, it had 864 trucks. 864 trucks. Now, I, I, I trucks are big. They're not like a little car. So that means that's got to right. be a pretty big location where they have these uh, um, events then, right? Yeah, it's on uh, it's a, a, a downtown McCungie has a big park area there. That's where they hold it every year. Okay. So in the Vintage Truck Club, uh, and this is going to sound like a silly question coming from a car guy, but when was the first truck built? Oh man, I I couldn't give you the exact date. There there are trucks built in the in the late eighteen hundreds. Okay, so they've been around really as long as cars then. Oh yeah, they've been around a long time. Yeah. Okay, so one of the oldest trucks that shows up at the event that you've seen was how old? Uh, I've seen some nineteen oh one, nineteen oh twos, and on up. Okay, now a lot of these trucks, these vintage trucks, are they? The, owned by club guys, do they drive these things, or are they pretty much just static, like uh, displays? Uh, most of them are static displays, because you got to remember back then you had hard rubber tires. Uh, they hot top speed on some were eighteen twenty miles an hour, so they're they're not made to travel on uh, new roads today. Okay, now when uh, about a, what three four weeks ago we had a uh, Florida Truck Club gathering at uh, Bedrocks over there, and right. uh, Lou had that really cool, which I talk about on the show every once in a while, that uh, 37 Model Model B Mac. Is that what that was? IG? No, Mac? yeah, that was an AC Mac. It was what? A- AC Mac. AC Mac. Yeah, I was just, like, totally enamored with that truck. I just thought that was cool. It had a, a diesel, three-speed, whatever it was, but it was just it was just yeah. neat. So It's changed. It's changed. It's got chain drive on it. Yeah, and I mean, but the thing I like about that early stuff is a, it's big, but it's you can clearly see how all the mechanics function on those old trucks, which is really impressive. Oh to yeah, me. It's, it's very, it's very interesting. That that truck come out of California. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That they, they uh, Lou was telling us that. So. All right, so then now if the national convention is once a year, do they have regional events? Let's, this one is taking place right now. This is just vintage trucks of of Florida. Is there like a southeastern organ, uh, group of people that get together and have meets? No, we are the first extension of the national chapter to have a meet outside of uh, McCungie, Pennsylvania. Uh, up until that period of time, it pretty well stayed up in the northeast section of the country. Uh, we we asked them if we could, could have a show down here and be an extension to their arm down here in the southeast. Okay. Well, what about out west? I mean, i got to imagine there's the guys that are truck guys out in, uh, you know, in, in the Midwest, and then obviously down in uh, southwest, I mean, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, places like that, and obviously up north in Washington and Oregon and, and Idaho. Well, mainly ATCA yeah. is mostly in the in New England area. Okay. The furthest chapter they have west is Wyoming. They have one in Wyoming, one in South Carolina, and one in Florida. Everything else is Indiana and to the east. Okay. If you have a vintage truck, what's the most prevalent, I mean, among collectors today, you know, what's the average age group, I should say? That's another question. What, uh, you know, how old is the average guy that has uh, vintage trucks? Well, you've got people in their 90s. And all the way down. Nice thing about it is uh, we're trying to get younger people involved in the whole antique truck thing mm-hmm. because as these older people pass on, all that knowledge is going to be gone. So the younger generation hopefully will pick it up and go forth with it. Okay. So if you were a novice and you were getting into the truck field um, and you and you took an interest, what would be an affordable vintage truck? That someone could buy and and enjoy. Well, it depends on your uh, on your taste and your and your means, as far as financial wise. Mm-hmm. You can get into an early, earlier pickup truck. Uh, you can you know find them in a two or three four thousand dollars. It's like anything else out here today. What you might think is a rust bucket, somebody else looks at it as a piece of gold. Right. Yep. Well, but from a semi perspective, I know pickup trucks you can buy pretty reasonable. What about semis now? Because they're big. Uh, 
Yeah, semi semi is the same same principle. Uh, you you got uh, trucks on you know Facebook, or you got trucks on a Craigslist. You have numerous magazines out there advertised trucks. You're you're looking anywhere from twenty five hundred on up, depending on whether it has a motor transmission. It, it, it varies depending on what you're looking for. Okay. IG, remember that time we had that one meet over there? Um, where was it? And that guy showed up with that cab over Chevrolet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Chevy Titan 90. Right. Well, That I, was at Tom Spencer's house. Okay. And uh, the thing that's cool about that, I played the little clip from White Line Fever because that, what is that? Was that a Ford CL7000 in that t- movie? Yeah, it's definitely a Ford, Ford 9000. Or 9000. Okay, so cab overs, I identify with those because I remember those real, you know, they were just everywhere back in the 70s. And to me, a cab over, as opposed to a long snout like a Peterbilt or a KW, um, they it just has kind of like a hot rod look to it. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, a cab over stands for a cab over engine. That's what it stands for. Right. Well, I know, but the style of the truck, you know, because it's kind of like blunt in the front, and it's it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have that. It's it's obviously shorter wheelbase than 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 a regular, you know, front engine Peterbilt or something like that, because it's cab over. It sits on top of the motor chassis, right? Yeah, a lot of people like the cab over. Just the fact if they're short, if they're what they call a the short frame, yeah. you can get in tighter places with them. Yeah, and people don't realize when you have a a, a cab over like that, it, it's a flat in the front. You're right up on top of a car before you know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I had the luxury of driving. The only semi I ever drove in my entire life was, I think, a CL9000 or one of those big jobbies. looked like the, you know, the old White Line Fever truck. But I thought that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. And it is kind of scary because you're sitting there, and like you said, there's no, there's nothing between you and the car in front of you. You're, it's like driving a Volkswagen bus. You're right there. Well, and, the, uh, old saying goes, like the, the old saying goes, the old cracker box back trucks. You used to freeze your tail off in winter, yeah. and you, you boil it in the summertime. Okay. <laughs> um, collectability, as far as vintage trucks. If you're looking to buy a truck, is there a period of trucks that are more valuable than other ones? I mean, you know, 30s, 40s, or 50s, 60s, or 60s, 70s? Uh, I would think you take, like, Mack trucks. The earlier earlier versions are bringing more money than the newer trucks. It's basically the same in everything. You know, you got uh, trucks out there that have their, their chain drive. Uh, it, it varies from model to model. But the earlier models, if they're been restored or not restored, there are different price ranges there. Okay. So let's say, like, uh, IG, that, uh, that, that, that Mac that we rode in that you were doing the double shifting thingy, you know? Oh, that was a B-model Mac. That was a twin stick. Okay. What, what year was that truck? That was in the, in the uh, late '50s, early '60s model. So, what would a truck like that be worth? It just uh, let's say a nice driver condition truck like that, something you can just kind of beat around in. Uh, let's just take that particular one. You know, you're you know you're going to get somebody. It depends who wants it, mm-hmm. what their desire for it. You know, you're going to pay upwards of you know probably around four thousand dollars for something like that. Really, four or five thousand. Yeah. Okay, running driving. All right, what about that Brockway that was over there, that really, really nice one that you drove that one time at, one, at oh, the show last year? That's uh, That's got its fame. That one's made the uh, cover of magazines, uh-huh. and uh, I don't even know what kind of a value to put on that one, but that one would be up there. Jerry, what do you think a truck like that's worth? Oh, that truck there, you're probably looking at twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 now. Okay. Now, is it expensive to restore a truck, Jerry? Well, when when you say restore, whether you do it for what they call ground up restoration or you're just doing a cosmetic thing, if you're doing a ground up, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's it's not a cheap endeavor. Okay, but if you're gonna build it basically just a nice driver, yeah, you're gonna be a nice driver, and it's got some patina to it, a little bit of rust to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're, you're it, it depends on the part of the country where you're you're buying a truck from too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the West Coast. Has their preference on trucks versus the East Coast have their preference on trucks, and it, it varies from, from state to state. Okay, so when you say preference on truck, kind of define that a little bit. Tell me what's popular in the East and popular out west. Well, in the in the in the, in the New England area up there, where we're talking about Port Adventure, mm-hmm. they are known for Mack trucks. Okay, they have more Mack trucks at that show probably than any other show you're going to see around. 
because the Mac factory is right there, the production factory is right there in that town. Okay. There's a museum there that's got all the history about Mac trucks from day one all the way up. Okay. And then uh, out west, what's their, what's, what are they into? Uh, out west, they run a lot of uh, the older Peterbilts and KWs. Okay. KWs and Kenworth. Okay, good. Um, that's correct, yeah. Oddball stuff like, uh, let's say, a Brockway or a Diamond T or something like that? What's the story on those? Are those still pretty popular? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Diamond Ts are real popular. Uh, Brockways. And there again, you got, you got just like you have uh, Chevy fans, Ford fans. You got Brockway fans. You got Diamond T fans. You got Sterling fans. There are different groups that, uh, whatever they're fancy, that's what they like. And that's why a lot of these chapters are formed. Okay. Robert, you're actually familiar with a Diamond T, and that is one of the Cannon trucks. Oh, yes, the Cannon trucks over in Tampa. Yeah, they're related to you guys. So why don't you tell about you got a minute or so. Why don't you just tell us the quickie on the, the Cannon trucks? Uh, well, the last two Cannon trucks uh, that are not in museums are in Tampa, Florida, in a warehouse. Uh-huh. And uh, for those people who don't know, the, uh, the Zucchini family, known as the Flying Zucchinis, used to actually uh, shoot out of the cannons into a net. Okay. And one of their tr- cannon trucks was a diamond team. What was the other one? And the other one was an old white. A white? Oh, a white. Okay. White. All right. Now, these, these truck shows, is this the only big one in the state, or are there other truck shows that take place? Now, you have one to the 75 Chrome Shop up there on I- I-75 just... Just north of Bushnell. Okay. They have one every April. They have a big show every April. Uh, then you got shows over more in the uh, Claremont, uh, Kissimmee area over there. They have truck shows over there. Uh, big truck shows in Florida. That's pretty pretty much uh, the coverage of right there. Most of the bigger truck shows are, are in your uh, New England area, Midwest and West Coast. Okay. Well, we are just about up against the clock, gentlemen. I want to thank you both, IG, uh, Jerry Grizel, for coming on our show. Jerry, one more time, if people want to find out how they get to this truck show this weekend, go ahead and give out that information on the radio show here real quick. Okay, the best way is get out to, on the, if you have an availability computer, get on VintageTrucksFlorida.com. Okay. Or you can call 352-457-1557, and I'll be glad to help you any way I can. Okay, and that is in Leesburg, Florida this weekend, right? Right off 44. That's correct. It's on uh, 44 going east into Leesburg or coming west out of Leesburg. Okay, very good. That's Lake County, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here a few minutes at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. IG, thank you, too. Great stories. And uh, we'll see see you guys this weekend at the uh, Vintage Florida Truck Show. Looking forward to it. Have a good time, everybody. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, it is uh, just a cool show. (laughs) If I I say so myself. We wanted to hear from from some of the most uh, fascinating legendary people in uh, the motorsports world, truck world, music world. Wow, we're getting pretty broad here. Don't forget to check and us a out boat here. Or two. Oh yeah, <laughs> motorcycles. We're gonna get in motorcycles this uh, this year too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boats. Um, don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night on Town Talk Radio Network between seven and eight p.m. Follow us on uh, what's that thing called, Bobby? All that social media. Yeah, all that social media. I won't media. even name them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. We'll see you some of the car shows and the truck shows. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.